Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Welcome back, Maximum Octane. I am super excited, like always, for my guest today. I know I say that all the time, and y'all are probably very sick of hearing it. I know it's got a Texas accent from somewhere, Corey. I don't know where that just came from, y'all. I don't know who I must have been speaking to a few minutes ago. I must have said that. So now with my new Texas accent, I, uh, I will uh, start over and say how excited <laughs> I am. And I always tell my guest, Corey, that I do get so excited because I only get to have people that I want on here. So it is, it'd be pretty horrible if I wasn't excited. So there's that's that. right. So joining me today is Mr. Corey Perlman. And Corey, you are the founder of Social Impact Social Media, correct? That's correct. Correct. So I would love social media is you cannot for one second of your life not hear something about social media, the impact that it has positive and negative, how it's completely changing trends and businesses and culture. And we've seen so many things, even with stocks, what happens when somebody gets on social media and starts talking about a stock or telling someone stay away or doing anything. The power of social media right now is it is a machine and a monster that, holy cow, you, you how did you get started with this? Because this is a pretty tough industry, right? I mean, everybody's like claims that they mm -hmm. understand social media, that they can do things, that they can increase your search value and all of those things, but not everybody really can do that. So how, how did you decide let me jump into this monster of a thing and take this on. Yeah, you're right. There was, um, I used to say back in the day that mortgage brokers would all of a sudden become social media experts. And, you know, it's just kind of funny how the world certainly jumped on on the social media bandwagon pretty quickly. Um, I've been doing it for a long time. It's kind of like dog years. So I've been doing it for like 12 years. So that's like a <laughs> like hundred years. And So you were in it before media. it was cool. You started. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Before. Right. Or Facebook wasn't cool for that matter. But uh, yeah, so I started my uh, journey with uh, General Motors and I was uh, teaching technology workshops to car dealers. At the time, we were talking about Internet marketing more than social media. And then, you know, I noticed that, you know, I would kind of share it in a way that would make them understand um, even though it was a very kind of technical stuff that we were talking about. So especially um, for a I bunch thought, of old car guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I thought that um, other industries uh, would get it as well. So I wrote a book called eBootCamp, and it was really just simple digital strategies for businesses. 
and it did really well and um, made it on all the top of the Amazon lists at the time. And that kind of launched my speaking and consulting career. And then I started talking about social media on stages and such, and uh, audiences would be excited about it, but they also didn't know where to start or what to do. So I'd say, well, we can do it for you. And then I'd have myself or my wife or somebody start to do the the work for them. And then we got overwhelmed and too busy and started hiring people. And that's how my agency was born. So that's uh, that's how we got to where we are today. We do social media for over 50 businesses around the world and having a good time doing it. So many questions have are running through my head right now. So I'm going to try to keep them uh, in order and not just overwhelm you and be like, bing, 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 bing. So you mentioned about the car dealerships and I come from that world years and years ago for a short stint in, you know, besides online and the internet and looking things out, but social media had to totally change what was going on with the car dealerships because car dealerships used to be all about buying the car. They didn't care about service. They didn't care about, any of the other things you went in, you bought the car and the other stuff was like secondary or F they bought it, they didn't. And then when the internet started gaining popularity and people could actually look up prices online and start seeing that, that that completely changed the game for them. So I would imagine that putting, getting out there in front of it, using social media to, to kind of flip the narrative a little bit and say, okay, here's these other things we can do for you. This is, you know, all that, that had to be, so paramount to their success and, and even dealerships staying open, I would think. Yeah. You know, just as it started out with websites and, and making sure that, and even to this day, it's the only land that you still own on, on the world of social. So websites back in the day were important and websites today are important. And then it was, you know, being easily found when people were searching for different cars or dealerships and, and that's still important today. And then social media is really about, connecting with your customers and, and kind of, um, making people feel connected to you and your values and your culture and who you are as a, as a, as a company and how you, you do business with people. And, um, you can try to swear off social or not be a part of it, but (laughs) the new buyer today, the, the millennials, the, the Gen Zers, the, the alpha, whatever you want to call the different younger generations. If you're not on social, you know, they don't hear about you. So it's really important to have a strong presence there. And it's real important to be as authentic and as real as you possibly can. As the more you are, the more they engage with you, which is really cool. I love that because it's a virtual representation of everything who you are. And, and I don't think there's still a lot of people out there that don't understand the power of that. And every business has some kind of a presence on social media and either you're driving the bus or it's probably running you over because, (laughs) you know, if you're not controlling it. So how are you, because this is an ever moving thing in every second, it seems like, you know, I'm getting something in my inbox. That's like this algorithm change. This is now what people are looking for. Now don't use that word. Yes. Now put this word, all of these things. How do, how do you possibly stay up with that and, and keep current with what's going on? Well, one of the things I suggest for businesses is to avoid the shiny penny syndrome, which just means that every time something new comes along, you jump headfirst as quickly as possible. Because oftentimes, A, it's a fad that doesn't last. I think back to Snapchat, even though Snapchat's around, um, it didn't do what we all thought it was going to do from a business perspective. Periscope, Google+, uh, some of these other tools that everyone thought was going to take over never did. 
So I think that um, just being weary of um, trying to be everywhere and doing all things mediocre at best is not the best strategy. And instead, my suggestion is to focus on a few and do them really well, to pay attention to what's coming. And if your audience starts asking about it, or if you start finding out that your customers are very active on those platforms, that's a good time to start planting your flag there. So just as an example, the one that's really hot today, obviously, is TikTok. People ask me about it all the time. So I say, well, who's your audience? And if they tell me 18-year-olds, 21-year-olds, 24-year-olds, then absolutely, man, you got to be all over TikTok. But if your audience is 30, 35, 40, 50, that's not your priority. Um, Instagram, for sure. LinkedIn, potentially. Even Facebook are probably your priorities. So I would really recommend focusing on who your audience is and where they are spending the most time on social. You know, we, we speak with our members all the time. And I, given what I do, a lot of my friends and uh, acquaintances ask me if, you know, advice on different things. And ever, and honestly, today, I'm just like, listen, you need to have a team. You have a tough of a team. You have to have a somebody that's really fabulous with your taxes, another one that's really mm-hmm. fabulous on retirement, another one that understands HR, another one that really understands social media. The days of an entrepreneur, a small business owner, being able to wear 50 hats and keep up with everything that are going on is just, it's gone. It, it just even this, the one piece of it, of following the trends of what is popular with different age groups. Forget about if you don't even put in their algorithms or keywords or anything else, you know, it's like, how did, no one can do that. So they need to partner up with somebody that can help them and, and truly be there. So one of the things that we see sometimes, and, and I see it a lot in my personal life with friends when they bring me stuff is, I'm just going to say plants because that won't offend anybody. I don't think as far as I'm not betraying any secrets. So they sign up with a company for social media and they sell plants. Well, then I go online and they're like, can you look on it? And then I see the same social media postings for 10 different plant companies in, in a 10 mile radius. What are some of the things that people should be asking when they're we're working with somebody such as yourself, your agency, or anybody else? Of how do they make sure? I know I'm stacking questions. I'm sorry, but how do they make sure that they're getting that like personalized service and that somebody's really looking at them and their company and not just doing a blanket thing for every plant business that they have in their portfolio? Yeah, it's a good question and definitely a concern because when your social looks like everyone else's, if it looks like a brochure or a billboard, then it's not doing you justice or, or, or a good service to you. So going back to what you first started sharing, I do want to make a point that when it comes to a team, there's usually a, a big mistake that businesses make with social and I just want to clear it up. It's not that you're not a part of your social media. The way we tend to do it is say that I'm the business owner. It's my job to help create the content or the ideas and things. I want to be involved in that process, you know, so um, in part of the team, you know, and so when we work with businesses, they help us with content creation ideas where the team comes into play is executing like the big kind of shock that I usually tell people in podcasts like this that nobody kind of surprises. I don't go to social media very often. And it's a weird to say is I'm a social media expert or whatever, but I'm not on there posting every day because I wouldn't be able to do this with you. 
Um, right. It's a full-time job in itself. So my job is to create content, is to do things like this or to write or to come up with ideas. And then my team's job is to take that and make it social media friendly and get it out on all the different platforms, hashtags, at signs, all that stuff, make it pretty. That's not my job. I'm not good at that anyway. So I just want to mention that to the folks that are listening, that when they think about what is their role versus somebody else's, that's how I would structure it if I were them. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because with a lot of things, when somebody has a team, and I I guess I didn't word that right, but the team is supposed to partner with you and not, they're not set in and forget it things. You have to ask questions. You have to give information. There has to be dialogue. And what I see with a lot of business owners is it, once they do release the reins and hand it over, they don't look at it again. And there isn't anything then there's no personal touch in there. There isn't anything that is, is says them. It's then again, that's where you get that cookie cutter looks like a brochure, whatever you have, you have to partner with your team with anything that you're doing. So thank thank you for mentioning that for sure. Well, and the problem real quick, um, Kim, to your point, and the data shows, I can tell you over 12 years of doing this, and to some degree, I wish it wasn't the case, but it is, that the more personal, the more humanized, the more candid the content, the better it does on social. The more commercialized, corporate, branded, standard, the worse it does. So that probably says to people, ah, that's not what I wanted to hear, Corey. I'm like, I know, but... So we challenge our businesses, you know, how can we be more real? How can we show glimpses of behind the scenes and connections with the community and things of that nature? But really, instead of showing like perfect pictures, it's more about showing real authentic stuff on social tends to move the needle better. I see that that's been happening for a while, right? And it used to be very slick backgrounds when there were recordings and people were doing vlogs or different things. It was a perfect setup, a perfect everything. And and I have definitely seen the trend go the other way because people are picking up microphones and cameras or running their phone live in, in an instant and dogs are barking, people are running around, their kids are screaming. And, and it's real life because that's what happens. You and I, before this started, started speaking about you might have a, a contractor coming and I'm waiting for the same type. And I'm like, you know what, if they come, I'm answering the door because I've been waiting for six months for them mm-hmm. <laughs> since the hurricane to do it. So I'm going to be like, hold on podcasting, Corey, I'm answering the door where right. years ago that that was like, oh my gosh, you couldn't, you couldn't do that. But what do you think people's fascination is though with that and getting so real? Some stuff is so real. I don't even, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't need to know everything, but what is the fascination with that? I think it's, um, it kind of, you know, it's just one of those things that that's what social media was born to do, you know, like, so I think when it first came out, that's what we did. Like, if you go back to your way back first Facebook posts and such, I mean, as silly as it was, we were telling people where we were, what we were doing, what we were eating, all that stuff. And it became stupid. And I get that, like the pendulum swung way to the wrong side, no value, but then it swung all the way to the other side. Businesses got involved. And it was just like, we're perfect. This is a billboard. This is a promotion. Come buy our stuff. And that's what not that's not what social media was intended to do. I mean, the first word is social for that matter. It's not advertising. It's not a billboard. It's not a commercial. So as with everything, I think it's somewhere in the middle. You can't be like total nonsense, no value whatsoever. Just what am I eating? Of course not. 
but you can't be promotional and salesy. So you got to find that middle ground where you're adding value in a like, you know, transparent, authentic way, you know, so let's just use an example, say it was like a, an auto detailing place or a, a repair shop, you know, some of the behind the scenes stuff that goes into start to finish on some of the services that you provide, I think would be helpful for people to see. I think some of your community involvement, I think answering some common questions to help us take care of our automobiles between services, those are all things that are real, they're authentic, and they add value. It's not what you're eating. Instead, it's offering me some value on your social. That makes sense. I'm laughing and not at you, but I'm thinking if I don't ever see a picture of a turkey on Thanksgiving again, I will be okay. I I, I think since I don't know how many years ago I had a start being on Facebook because of work and all, but I've probably seen 2000 pictures of turkeys and I'm, I'm okay without ever seeing your turkey dinner again, people. I'm okay with right. that. It, right. We've seen one turkey. We've seen them all. That, <laughs> that doesn't have mm-hmm. to be. So transparency and being real is one thing. And how do businesses find a balance? Because here's, I'll give you an example of a picture I saw the other day and I cringed because yay, you're putting stuff on social media. Yay. You're being in the moment. You're being transparent, but it was a picture of somebody getting in a white BMW. They had one foot in and the other foot was in a puddle of oil next to the car. So my mind immediately looked at that photo and said, you're going to pick up that other foot. It's going to go into that white BMW and there's oil all over it. (laughs) So one would think that'd be common sense of when you're posting on social media and you want to be real, you want to be honest, but there, is there such a thing as too real? Do I, do I want people looking at, I have one foot in oil getting into, could be your car. Hmm. Uh, I think it just depends maybe a little bit on what the point of the post was. To show um, a great service they had and that they work on BMWs and take care of their BMWs like a dealer would. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think that, I mean, to answer your question, yes, of course you can be, you can overdo it, you know, and, and kind of over the top, but I think it's important to brainstorm ideas with your team to be open to trying some stuff and be open to fail. You know, some of my posts that I thought were going to kill it out there got crickets. And then there was a post that I did many years ago for the Super Bowls during the Super Bowl, which I thought nobody was on social and I, t- I said that I would send out a copy of my book to the person who guessed the score the closest, totally random. And I got more engagement on that post than I have in my entire career. Um, really? Yeah. And it was just one of those things you just hit with the right time, with the right message. But the other thing is, is you want to talk in terms of what they care about. And that particular day, all they cared about was the Super Bowl. If I had to come with anything else, it would have been completely ignored. Love it. Love it. So one of the things, as you know, that I ask, because I asked you about it in the, the questionnaires, for anybody to get to the level of, of business and achievement, uh, such as yourself, there has to be some unproductive habits along the way that you made a switch and you turned it into something. And I was pretty surprised about, given what you do, <laughs> what your unproductive habit that you recommend uh people not do. You want to share that? I do. Can you give me a hint on what it was? (laughs) Was liking posts to commenting on posts. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Thank you. So I I was like, wait, is a social media guru? (laughs) 
Right. Don't. So could you could you expand yeah. a little on that? And I tried to give you one that I thought would add a little value to your group as well. I mean, I could, oh, it does. I could give you lots of bad habits I have that just would just be more embarrassing than anything else. The reason I mentioned that is we got into a habit, at least I did, and I think a lot of other people have, just clicking that like button, bop, 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 over and over again. And the algorithms actually take comments typically more seriously or put more weight on comments than they do likes. Right. So if you're looking, looking to show love to your clients or people that you're following on social, a comment goes a longer way than a like. And so that was my point of that is so now instead of habitually just hitting that like button as almost as if I'm sleeping and just hitting that like, I'll go to LinkedIn or I'll go to Instagram and I will try to engage in conversation there with other people. And that tends to put me more out there with people and it serves them as well. So that's what I meant by that. habit. I love that because people do spend a lot of time doing those likes and all and they could do less of that and then spend a little bit of time on actual something that would bring value and, and, uh, help things. And I think help other people too. One of the benefits I think of social media and the power behind it is being able to read people's comments and, you know, don't go here to eat because this happened or this place is great, but don't order the steak or any million examples that we can give. And I think that's really too, where the power of this is that you can look and read and see, what are people saying? What, you know, is it just, uh, oh, don't ever go there, you know, where where it kind of used to be like you had to go there or not. Now with social media, you're able to kind of read through and say, wow, okay, they have a phenomenal creme brulee, but don't have their coffee as weak or whatever, right? So it, it gives you more information about what's happening. And, it, and like you said, if you really want to support a business, that that certainly helps a long way for for that. And and speaking of, I, I know that this comes up all the time in this industry of like comments and reviews and such. People ask like what we should you know respond with and and such. And so I just want to share one, just two quick tips um, on that because I get asked it all the time. You know, should you respond to comments and reviews? Yes. Um, be as diplomatic as you possibly can. Try to solve the problem. What people, what business owners don't realize is that we as consumers are okay with negative feedback. That we've come accustomed to seeing that and are okay with it. It's how you respond to that negative feedback on uh, as how we're going to um, base our decision on, on whether to work with you or not. So by you trying to solve the problem, being understanding, empathetic goes a long way. Now that doesn't mean that you roll over, especially if somebody's pick the wrong business or whatever, but you still be respectful, right? And so I think that that's super important. And the other thing I mentioned to people is stop worrying so much about negative and continue to be proactive on positive. So a lot of times, and I notice this a lot in the industry is people are killing it on Google My Business. 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, four and five star reviews, but then they only have three on Yelp or two and a half on Facebook or whatever. So Stop worrying so much about Google and start focusing on these other platforms more. And when you have happy customers, ask for positive feedback and tell them the platforms that you'd like them to go to. Say, you know, we're working on our Instagram right now. Would you mind going and just sharing a post? They may say yes. They may say no. But if you ask enough times, it'll start to happen. That's excellent advice for sure. You mentioned about responding to reviews. And I had read at one time that 
you should look at it as if someone gave you a compliment or said something to you that you offended me or whatever it is, that if you were in person, you would immediately respond. And so if someone leaves a comment, you should respond to them within 24 hours because anything longer than that seems either like you don't care, it's disrespectful. What What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I'm fine with that timing as long as it's not emotionally charged. I think that it's important to not respond immediately, especially if it's negative, um, because we often are going to respond heated. And, um, you know, so it's good to sleep on it, on, honestly, and then come back constructively and just say, hey, I, I appreciate the feedback, you know. And sometimes, by the way, Kim, which is so cool, you can fix the problem. And when people, they, there actually was a study done a long time ago. And it was by Comcast. And they basically found that when, when a business responded to a, a review and helped resolve it, their overall uh, satisfaction was higher than if it didn't happen at all. So that's super cool to know. But of course, sometimes you can't. And it's just like you're dealing with a crazy person and it's not going to work out. At that point, I always recommend take it offline. So if, if you're going back and forth and they're just not having it, Hey, Samantha, I'm super sorry that this has occurred. My suggestion is give me your direct email or phone number. Let, let me see if I can give you a shout and we can work this out. And you leave it at that. Great advice. The sleep on it is, is very good. I see mm-hmm. a lot of comments sometimes. And when I'm looking for goods or service or place to eat or something, and when I see on there that the owner of the establishment is responding nasty to any comment, I, I think to myself, what kind of leader is this person? What kind of operate, you know, that you would respond like that. And I exactly. actually like to see some negative reviews because I, it might be because I grew up in New York, but I do not trust when every single thing is a five star and all the comments are like, they're perfect. They're perfect. They're perfect. I'm immediately my antenna goes off and is like, wait, is there anybody could be that perfect? Could it be that amazing? How, where, how is there not one negative? Right. So I like to see, and as you said, I, that's one of the things that I look for is when there is a negative one, how is it responded to? And I hear from our members a lot of times that sometimes people will come in and say, I came in because of how you responded to whatever. And they hadn't been coming in before, but because of that, that, that made them say, I want to go give this place a try, you know? Yeah. Because I, I, like you said, people know the world, we're not perfect and we're going to make mistakes. So it's what do you do with the mistake and how do you handle it? That That's is, exactly is right. the big thing. Yep. What are some other things that people should be aware of or be paying attention to? We've covered a good amount, you know, um, that, that I think is really important. I would say prioritize the platforms. I think in this industry, um, Instagram uh, and Facebook are are primary one and number two, um, typically, I, I think Instagram using video um, and, and motion is an important uh, aspect to that particular platform. The more movement you create with your content, the better it does with the algorithm. It's, it's, it's fight. Instagram is fighting against TikTok, obviously, and TikTok is a entertainment platform. And so Instagram has had to move its its mission from photography to entertainment. So if we give them more of that, um, they're going to serve it up to more of your audience. So that's one big thing I, I would recommend is finding ways to create motion. 
And that doesn't mean you don't take photographs. It just means that you take photographs and you create motion with them. They're called carousel posts. So what that might look like in this industry is maybe you do, you know, you show um, start to finish project that you're working on. And there's eight images that go along with that. I can go through those images one by one by one, and it kind of creates a story or an experience. And so there's no video, but it still creates movement and gives me an opportunity to interact with your posts. And that's one way to create movement. So I think that's a big tip, creating um, motion on Instagram and Facebook. I love it. Love it. Love it. A lot of great information today for people that feel overwhelmed or they don't know what to do. Obviously, somebody such as yourself can help. And all of the links, by the way, will be, as always, in the comments for Corey and for his Instagram and the, the website, which is just CoreyProman.com, right? The website. And then mm -hmm. if you have your Instagram. All of that will be on there. But something for people, if they're kind of on the dragging their feet or they're not really involved in social media or have a toe, what should they do as soon as they're done listening to this? Besides call you. I now, I think you. that um, doing a quick audit of what you got going online would be important because you might have had a intern or a former employee who created a Snapchat channel for you or a TikTok and it's got two followers and it hasn't been updated in three years. Um, that's, that's certainly not doing you any good and it might even be providing a little harm to you. So I would just get a lay of the land, say, you know, well, what's happening out there on my brand? Is, is it being engaged with? Is it being active? And then if it's not, I would make a decision, either start uh, managing it or get rid of it strategically. Maybe you just say, Corey's right. My audience is 35 and above. And for the next few years, I'm uninterested in TikTok. So just remove it. That's fine. Just, you know, suspend the account. So that's the first thing I would kind of look at what I've got. And then the platforms that we do care about really deciding how can we move the needle a little bit more? Are we creating enough motion and video? Are we posting frequently enough? So that was one other thing people ask about that. Um, you know, a couple times a week, I would say would be the, the typical cadence, two, three, five times a week if you're really active on there, but at least a couple times a week. And then another thing that I always see, Kim, real quick is typically the posts are the same thing over and over and over again. So what we like, like to turkey. do is to create I, categories of content. So you might have okay. one that's, sorry? I said like the turkey pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just need, turkeys, yeah. right. It's all you see or you, or you just see promotional or whatever. So one might be um, testimonials. One might be, you know, community events. One might be behind the scenes. So now you've got all these different chapters of your story instead of just one chapter for the whole story. And I think that's really important too. So I'd make sure if you're on your different social platforms that you're creating a whole story and not just one chapter. So there's a little bit for everybody. Somebody likes reality TV can go the behind the scenes thing. Somebody that just exactly. is visual can watch the carousels or those things. I love it. I love it. I love it. People got to get in this social media. It's shocking to me, Corey, how many people really are like, I'm not getting on that. I'm not doing it. I don't, it's nonsense. The government's going to steal all my information. <laughs> I don't be able to break in my house. I, I just, I, I, this is the, the world is digital and so many people are behind. It's, it's shocking to me when I go to look somebody up or something up and I see that they don't have any online presence or they have an antiquated one page website that the boxes aren't lined up anymore because it doesn't match with and 
I, my immediate thought as a consumer is they are very old school, very old, you know, they're, what kind of service could they provide to me today when they're this far behind? So, and I think there's a difference between staying old, having old fashioned values and staying true to your roots, but showing that in social media that, listen, we, we still give you the same service we did before, but, but you have to kind of move forward and not just ignore that all this is happening for sure. So I I really appreciate your time today and hopefully you'll come back and talk about some more of these things because it's just, it's so important. And this is the way of the world. The platforms will change the modalities, but we live in a fishbowl now and everybody wants to see everything and there's just isn't any getting around it. So, well, I'll leave you with this, Kim, because you're absolutely right on all those points you just made. And I just, just for motivation for those that stuck with us to the end here, we always know some of this stuff has never changed. These are fundamentals. Like it takes multiple touches to earn a sale. It's always been that way. And so social media are those touches, right? So maybe it used to be seven, maybe now it's 12, 15, who knows, but you stay top of mind if I follow you and you share good stuff. And so I might have connected with you for whatever reason in December, but I may have not needed you till July. By you having an active social media presence, you stayed top of mind with me until I was ready to buy. And the other big benefit for those of you still a little bit on the fence with social is your next crop of employees are going to check out your social to decide whether or not they want to work for you. So your company culture can also help in recruitment of good, talented employees. So that's another reason to be super active on social. I forgot all about that piece of it. Thank you for <laughs> mentioning it. So that's You're definitely, welcome. when you come back and return, can we, can we focus on using it as a recruitment tool? Because that is on everyone's mind, every company, industry, anyone I speak to. So Thank you so much for sharing your time and your knowledge with us and everybody else. Stay safe, make good choices and stay inspired. And I will be back next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can. 